Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MCV's podcast, now called MCV Cast. We're coming at you from our home studios in Billings, Helena, and Bozeman. This is our second episode of MCV Cast. Uh, again, we're going to try to do this on a regular weekly basis as best we can. Uh, and we just decided on the name MCV Cast. We figured it's nice and easy to remember and um, conveys exactly what we're trying to do is broadcast our message out to anybody who is listening in Montana or beyond because all of this affects uh, not just our state, but the entire world. Uh, our first episode, as a reminder, is online at our website and also on our YouTube channel, which is Montana Conservation Voters. And if you missed that last week, uh, we spoke a little bit with EJ Porth of the Gallatin Valley Land Trust. You can find that episode. Uh, YouTube is probably the easiest way. Uh, this week, we've got another exciting guest, Senator Bryce Bennett, who is also a candidate for Montana Secretary of State and a longtime friend of Montana Conservation Voters will be joining Whitney. Um, but first, we've got to cover some news. And um, before we get to that, I'd like to reintroduce our Deputy Director, Whitney Taney, and our Political Director, Jake Brown. Hello, you guys. Hello. Hey, Murph. I am wondering uh, how you are holding up uh, with a kind of a longer weekend ahead. Uh, Jake, let's start with you. Any plans to get outside? Yeah, actually, I am going to jump in the truck Friday afternoon and head to the Missouri River for some wade fishing. I Probably won't catch anything, but really it's just an excuse to kind of break out the fly fishing gear and get out of my house. Uh, Whitney, how about you? So we recently got a bike trailer for our two-year-old to ride along in, and so I'm sure we'll be doing lots of that. And then we've got to figure out how to create an Easter egg hunt in our backyard because Apparently that's a thing now. <laughs> you better figure it out soon because uh, uh, at least as of this recording, it uh, looks like the um, Easter weekend will be snowy again. So welcome back to spring in Montana. Let's begin the show today with um, a look at some of the, the big developments of the past week. And as always, there have been plenty of them. And I would say our top story this week is the sudden construction of the Keystone XL pipeline. Again, this is an $8 billion, 1,200 mile pipeline stretching from Alberta in Canada, uh, ultimately down to the Gulf Coast, uh, where that oil, heavy um, tar sands oil will be refined and shipped elsewhere, perhaps not even in this country. Right now, it is worth noting that uh, the cost of a barrel of oil is is pretty much dirt cheap, hovering around the mid $20 a barrel. And the big news this week was that uh, TC Energy, formerly known as TransCanada, last Friday, this would be April 3rd, got their final permits from the state of Montana's uh, Department of Environmental Quality to proceed on the construction. So initially, that means 100 workers coming into northeastern Montana and uh, that is happening despite concerns from locals, from tribal leaders, uh, from some elected leaders. And the other thing that I wanted to note, the Associated Press is reporting that uh, the number is 100 initial workers now, but it is, quote, expected to swell into the thousands in the coming months as work proceeds. So this isn't just a handful of people coming into the state to do work on a pipeline that isn't necessarily needed. It is a whole bunch of people coming in despite a worldwide health crisis. And again, we at MCV and uh, there are many others within our family who believe that all of this is happening very much on purpose. TC Energy sees an opportunity to 
do this work while people are not really paying attention or unable to speak up and and uh, perhaps show up uh, on site to make their voices heard. So we're going to be following this story very closely. Um, I should note that Governor Steve Bullock did mention that he has concerns about this. The construction itself, because it is dealing with energy infrastructure, is deemed an essential service. And the question becomes, what applies uh, to the stay-at-home directive from from Governor Bullock? Um, because when you're talking about 100 workers and eventually thousands of workers, uh, they're going to have to live somewhere. And traditionally, uh, the term of what we call the places where these folks live are, are quote unquote, man camps, um, which you can bet will not be very conducive to staying at home and preventing the spread of, of COVID-19. So we are watching as uh, Governor Bullock works closely with particularly health officials in Valley County, Montana. I should also note that according to the Glasgow Courier, the local health officials want TC energy workers uh, who have been quarantined for two weeks because remember, Governor Bullock is asking everybody who comes into this state to quarantine themselves for at least 14 days to make sure that they're not sick. Anybody who's gone through that process needs to wear pink armbands, separating them from workers who haven't quarantined 14 days. So it it, um, it seems to be quite a mess uh, out there, at least has the potential for that. Um, we sent a letter uh, as part of our petition. We'll get into that a little later into the show, but we said, quote, this scenario means that TC Energy's workers must be trusted to comply with critical social distancing guidelines based on armbands alone, while also traveling throughout Montana, living in close quarters, and creating undue risk for countless residents of our state's rural and medically underserved communities. In related news, this week we also learned that uh, the Fort Peck uh, Reservation in northeastern Montana, which is very much affected by this project, has reported its first two cases of COVID-19, the first in uh, a tribal nation within Montana. So make no mistake, the virus is in even remote northeastern Montana. Uh, and again, we'll be tracking that pretty closely. Again, we'll get into a little more of how we at MCV and others are responding to to this development. And um, we have a petition that we're asking everybody to sign on to. We'll get into that a little later. But the next step for uh, TC Energy and the construction of KXL uh, will be next week, April 16th. That's a Thursday. There will be a hearing before Judge Brian Morris in Great Falls, who will decide whether this work should proceed. So again, we'll be watching that too. There's been some other big headlines this week. Um, Whitney, I'll turn it over to you for some news uh, out in Washington, D.C. Yeah, so this last week, William Perry Penley's tenure was extended again for the second time, and he is at the helm of the Bureau of Land Management. So as a reminder, this is supposed to be a Senate-confirmed position, and this guy is bad news bears. In 2016, Penley told the National Review that our founding fathers intended for all of our federal lands to be sold off. He also has represented energy companies repeatedly, including the energy companies that were trying to develop our Badger 2 medicine, which is a sacred place for the Blackfeet Nation here in Montana. And then most recently, he told a Montana talk radio show that he was doubling down and he wanted to develop all the lands. And of course, this is referring to oil and gas development on our public lands. So this guy is the head of the BLM currently. It's overseeing 245 million acres of our public lands. And since the COVID-19 pandemic began, 
He's also started to just rush through a bunch of actions, including 35 actions that have closed and opened common periods, sold leases, and expanded mining and drilling on our public lands. So that's why MCV took action again this week um, after we had already opposed the extension of Penley's tenure several uh, times over, but the last was with over 100 Montanans saying, no way should this guy be there. So Murph, why don't you talk a little bit about the letter that we sent this week? Yeah, this letter went specifically to Senator Steve Daines and Congressman Greg Gianforte. And the reason we sent it to them and not to Senator John Tester was because uh, Senator Tester recently uh, took this issue directly to Interior Secretary Bernhardt during a Senate hearing uh, just a few weeks ago and um, got pretty feisty. So we know where Senator Tester stands on this issue. However, we haven't heard from Senator Daines or Congressman Gianforte, which is typical. Uh, They tend not to really bother with their constituents. Um, So we sent them a letter, uh, have not heard back yet. Uh, That's also typical. Um, But what we wrote to them specifically was, quote, because you too have failed to acknowledge the hundreds of Montanans who have already expressed concern about Mr. Penley's appointment via our letter from February. We are specifically requesting your direct response to those constituents you serve and that you have ignored. We added, your continued silence on the issue of Montana's public lands is deeply concerning, and it indicates that your rhetoric in support of public lands may be more for political expediency in an election year. And of course, it's worth noting that both of those gentlemen are candidates for um, uh, Senator Daines running for re-election as U.S. Senator and Congressman Gianforte running again uh, for governor of Montana, a race that he lost in 2016. I'm glad, Whitney, that you touched on the actions that the Interior Department has taken. Our friends down in the Colorado-based Center for Western Priorities, which is a pretty sharp think tank, this week uh, shared a Medium post that is tracking this pretty closely. And since March 6th, which is the date that Uh, President Trump signed the first coronavirus-related emergency order. The Interior Department, as you mentioned, has taken 57 actions, and all of these are detailed in a post that we will share in our show notes just so you have them. Most of them, again, as Whitney said, 35 of the 57 were taken at the BLM under William Perry Penley's leadership. And these aren't just little things happening. These are major things, uh, open and closing comment periods, final decisions, lease sales, seven oil and gas lease sales, in fact, despite the fact that the price of oil is hovering at around 25 bucks a barrel. Um, one of those decisions paved the way for a private mining road through the gates of the Arctic National Preserve. So again, all of these huge things are happening directly under our noses during the news media vacuum of coronavirus coverage. And so that's why we launched this podcast, one of the many reasons, so that we can make sure that we are talking about and and you are hearing about news headlines like this. Should also note just an update from our show last week when we mentioned that uh, Senator Daines was one of a dozen senators to ask the Interior Department to suspend the funding source for the Land and Water Conservation Fund. This is oil and gas and coal royalties. This morning, and we're recording this on on Thursday, uh, Bloomberg News reported that uh, President Trump even opposes cutting royalty payments. Uh, And I'll just read a little section from that story. Quote, President Donald Trump has told aides he doesn't support a 
broad plan to temporarily stop charging energy companies royalties for oil and gas produced on federal lands and waters, according to two people familiar with the matter. Of course, these are maybe related to, quote, talks aimed at encouraging Saudi Arabia and Russia to dial down oil production. So the point here is even President Trump is in disagreement with where Senator Steve Daines is when it comes to suspending uh, LWCF funding. And again, we made a stink about that last week. Senator Daines, of course, refuses to discuss it. Um, It has not really broken into the mainstream media coverage in Montana, uh, something that we also are trying to do. And again, I want to just step back a little bit because all of this is part of a larger theme for us. Again, these major developments happening in what many consider to be a news media vacuum from KXL to requests for suspended royalty payments to final decisions on major public lands issues and even attacks on our right to vote. And for that, I want to turn it over to you, Jake, because we're seeing that too. Yeah, thanks, Murph. To kind of kick it off, I have a little piece of good news. The good news is that all 56 counties in Montana have decided to mail every single voter an absentee ballot for the primary election. The bad news is that the Montana Secretary of State, Corey Stapleton, is just spewing misinformation left and right about the primary election. Corey Stapleton, as the Montana Secretary of State, has access to a newsletter that goes out to small businesses across the state and in a newsletter titled, We Are All Essential, Corey Stapleton said that that all in-person voting was basically canceled for the primary election. At best, Corey Stapleton is just an idiot who didn't read the directive that Governor Bullock released. But at worst, this is an attempt by Stapleton to misinform voters about the election. And that is something that is so incredibly dangerous because when we misinform voters, we actually can suppress the vote. Lee newspaper reporter Holly Michaels had a great tweet um, that talked a little bit about how that statement was inaccurate. She said to quote, to make this absolutely clear, since this letter from the Secretary of State's office doesn't, even counties that decide to conduct the June 2nd primary by mail must still offer in-person early voting. It's super clear in the directive that Governor Bullock released that you'll get your absentee ballot, but you still have the ability to vote in person. This is kind of a dangerous trend, I think, that we're seeing in this global pandemic, where elected officials will actually make it harder for voters to cast their ballot. And um, I think we kind of saw the pinnacle of this in Wisconsin this week, where um, Wisconsin state lawmakers actually refused to make accommodations for the pandemic for their primary election. And this led to thousands of voters not receiving their ballots, uh, widespread confusion about how to vote. Uh, And it's kind of a prime example of what voter suppression can look like and what we want to avoid in Montana. So that is what is so dangerous about Corey Stapleton misinforming Montanans about how they can vote for the primary election. Thanks, Jake. And uh, it is worth noting that Corey Stapleton uh, made this news in one of his weekly newsletters. And these newsletters are notorious for making all sorts of news, whether through racist statements or just factual inaccuracies. Uh, This guy just hasn't quite learned how to put something that's helpful to voters out. And that's part of his job. Our guest today is Senator Bryce Bennett. Thanks again for joining us this week, Bryce. We're excited to have a 100% lifetime MCV champion and MCV endorsed candidate as a guest. It's awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Senator Bennett is a fifth generation Montanan, 
former state representative, current state senator, and candidate for Montana's Secretary of State. Senator Bennett is also the outgoing executive director of Montperg, and we're pretty sorry to see him leave that position because your leadership there has gotten students engaged to protect our public lands and hold people like Senator Steve Daines accountable for only giving lip service to our public lands, but not fully supporting them. But we also understand that duty calls and we fully support your focus on becoming Montana's next Secretary of State. Let's go ahead and jump into it. We were just talking about the controversy with Corey Stapleton this week, and we know from working with you that one of the issues you're most passionate about is keeping our elections open, fair, transparent, and secure. And when the current COVID-19 pandemic started, you came out with a nine-point comprehensive plan to strengthen our democracy against the pandemic. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So when I saw the COVID-19 crisis coming across the globe and coming to Montana, I knew that it was going to affect the way that our elections work. And certainly elections are such a fundamental aspect to the role of Secretary of State, the job that I'm running for. But making sure, as you said, that our elections are open and accessible, secure, fair uh, for all of us is, is really the great passion of my life. So I went to work right away to make sure that we had a plan that you know wasn't trimming at the edges, uh, but was a fully comprehensive plan to make sure that people wouldn't have to choose between getting sick and casting their ballots. And you know, while other folks out there were you know kind of coming up with bits and pieces of what a plan might look like, you know, my ten years in the legislature, serving on the committee that directly oversees our democracy. Uh, and a lot of my on the ground work, you know, working with our clerks and recorders, registering people to vote out in needy snow and pouring rain uh, has really given me a lot of insight about how we can best do this. So I came up with a nine point plan that spoke to a lot of the different aspects that needed to be addressed to make sure that we have elections that can continue despite this crisis. I mean, we talked about things like, you know, giving counties the option to cast their ballots by mail. You know, and doing that for our school elections as well, which I think a lot of people forget are just around the corner and certainly need to be protected in this crisis as well. I mean, having drop boxes across Montana and certainly making sure that folks in Indian country on our tribal reservations aren't being disenfranchised by any new processes that we put forward, which is why I wanted to see more and more resources put into those tribal satellite voting locations so that people would be able to go in uh, in a way that they can practice social distancing and have a place uh, where they can pick up a ballot, register to vote, and cast a ballot. And then certainly extending the time when people can send in their voter registration cards so that not as many people were, were coming into polling locations to get that important job done, allowing more time for people to cast their ballots. And then thinking about ways that we can keep that distance from each other as we practice our democracy, like investing in drive-throughs and making sure that we have social distancing practices at any sort of polling location. But, you know, I think that there was a lot of different aspects that needed to be taken care of. And I was happy to have the opportunity to work with Governor Bullock's administration as they were thinking about what to put forward. And I was pleased that they adopted almost everything that I put in my plan and, you know, maybe a little bit more. So. I think that Montanans can rest assured that they'll have an ability to have their voice heard and their vote counted this June. So you're saying what our current Secretary of State, Corey Stapleton, put out in his newsletter this week was certifiably wrong um, and incorrect uh, because he was saying also that people were still not able to vote in person. 
Uh, that's absolutely the case. I mean, and this is unfortunately part of the long history of confusing and misleading voters that has come out of the Secretary of State's office. And one of the reasons why I think that we desperately need change when it comes to the election this November. I mean, I have been deeply disappointed by the way that the current Secretary of State has handled this COVID-19 crisis. I mean, the first thing that came out the gate was him releasing a video where he said he was going to take a deliberate pause to look at the situation. And I don't know about you, but when I'm facing a crisis, the thing that you do is take action. You bring people together, you collect information rapidly so that you could do something for the people of Montana. And for this Secretary of State, he chose to sit on the sidelines while other people acted in his stead. I mean, I, not even the person with the full resources of the office, put together my plan you know, within a handful of days by talking with clerks, by talking with people on our tribal reservations, by talking with voters and, and people across the spectrum so that I had a full breadth of the ideas that people had about how we keep people safe and how they can still have their votes cast. But unfortunately, you know, Corey provided no help uh, when it comes to trying to put together a response to this crisis. And on top of that, as you just mentioned, he releases a newsletter where he lies to the people of Montana, you know, whether intentionally or not, to say that there will be no in-person voting. He said that we had eliminated in-person voting for this election, which unto itself will disenfranchise voters. I mean, it is so frightening to me that we have the chief election officer of the state of Montana directly misleading people about what options they'll have, and not just in a normal election, under normal circumstances, but in a situation where people are already scared, there's a lot of misinformation out there and he is adding to it. So I think that we need somebody in this office that is going to lead the way to create solutions to tough problems and is going to give people the straight facts all the time. That's why you're an MCV endorsed candidate because you are a man of action. So we really appreciate that. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what a secretary of state does and how that has some overlap with the conservation work that Montana Conservation Voters does as well. Yeah, there, there's a number of things that the Secretary of State does that I'll touch on uh, a couple of things. Uh, so obviously, we've been talking about elections and making sure that you know everyone has a chance to have their voice heard and their vote counted. And ideally, that no one would be left out on election day should be the goal of every Secretary of State. Uh, the Secretary of State oversees business services. So anytime that you want to set up a business or re-register it, you know, a Secretary of State should be making that process easy and, and limited in the bureaucracy so you can get back to the important work of running your business. But I think one of the core aspects uh, of this office that often doesn't get talked about is the position that it has on the land board. I mean, Montana has millions and millions of acres of public lands, lands that we all own, lands where we all get to hike and hunt and fish and explore if and only if we have a land board that is dedicated to public access. And unfortunately, over the last four years under Republican control, we've seen countless attempts by private landowners all across Montana to provide for easements where they want to allow for people to get to landlocked parts of our public lands to have more opportunities for us to explore uh, we've seen those efforts shut down by this current land board over and over and over. 
I mean, we have to have a land board that is going to prioritize the people of Montana and not just the out-of-state folks that want to come in with gates and barbed wire to keep us out. And I think that when people are voting this November, when they're thinking about, you know, the public lands that are so fundamentally important to us here as Montanans, and certainly the public lands that are are really all that we have when it comes to opportunities to get out of the house and, you know, have some opportunity to breathe in clean air and to walk on, you know, uh, protected lands. I mean, this is something that should be on the top of people's minds when they go to vote in November. And I, I hope that they will. Well, we hope that they do too. And thanks for making their access to do that even better. All right. Well, how is it best to follow your work and your campaign? And if people want to get involved, what should they do? Absolutely. I hope that people will go to Bennett for Montana, all spelled out, dot com, uh, where they can learn a little bit more about the campaign, opportunities to get involved, and certainly opportunities to invest in this campaign and the work that we're doing to win back the Secretary of State's office in November. Well, thank you so much, Bryce Bennett, candidate for Secretary of State, our candidate here at Montana Conservation Voters. Thanks again for joining us today and all of your work moving forward. Thank you so much for having me. To sign off here, we actually have some take action items. Uh, The first is a petition that uh, we put together on Keystone XL. It's basically asking TC Energy and other elected officials to delay construction of the pipeline until after the coronavirus pandemic. Bringing in out-of-state construction workers is really just going to put northeastern Montanans at risk. And so we would like to get as many people to sign on to this letter to basically tell TC Energy and our elected officials that it's unacceptable that they're trying to jam through the construction of this pipeline. All right. And um, there are other ways that folks can uh, stay involved as we stay at home. Um, Whitney, you're still working on a project for Earth Day. I am. Um, So don't forget that we are teaming up with Forward Montana to ensure that youth voices are heard on Earth Day. And if you have a high school student that you know or you are a high school student, we want to hear from you. We're asking you to shoot a video about why you love our public lands and are concerned about the threat of climate change and send it to mcv at mtvoters.org by April 20th. These are only about 10 to 15 second videos shot selfie style. So don't forget to include your name and where you're from. And then what we're going to do is we're going to splice it all together into one crafty video, post it on our YouTube channel and send it to all Montana's elected officials It's time to take action. We're really excited to have people get involved. Um, And again, that email address to send it to is mcv at mtvoters.org. Thanks, Whitney. And uh, just to give folks a little hint of what we're looking for, let's take a listen to one of these videos uh, so folks have a sense of what we're talking about. Hi, my name's Catherine. I live in Bozeman, and I know that climate action is important because we can already see the harm climate change has done to our farmers and the public lands that make Montana so special. Unless we do something, it's only going to get worse, and we're literally running out of time. We need policy and action right now. Okay, that wraps up our second edition of MCV Cast. We appreciate everybody listening. Whitney, you are keeping us very busy on social media channels. Where can folks find MCV? Yes, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at MT voters. We're keeping our content super fresh and it's a great place to learn about what we're up to. We're also on YouTube 
as Montana Conservation Voters. It's where we're hosting this podcast, but it's also where we're putting up some content about what we're doing for conservation here in Montana. Plus, we really appreciate any help in expanding the movement with likes, follows, shares, and let's spread the word and get people excited about conservation. Thanks, Whitney. Thanks, Jake Brown. We appreciate your time. And again, to everybody listening, if you have any tips or feedback to us, again, our email address is mcv at mtvoters.org. And of course, the most important link, mtvoters.org slash donate. Everything that comes into our door is greatly appreciated and goes right back to the work that we do um, on behalf of our communities, our kids, our clean air, our clean water, our public lands. And with that, we'll end the show today with a little bit of sound. Uh, Every night at eight o'clock in several communities around the state, people going outside and and howling. Um, It's not just because it's a pink supermoon outside, but it's because we want the folks who are on the front lines of this health crisis to hear our appreciation. And so here's some sounds from around the state of Montanans howling their appreciation for our health care providers. <laughs>